Welcome to Doing Time with Joe. I'm your host, Joe Baker. Back again with another episode, y'all. This is going to be a difficult one for me because I have to expose myself in a way to where um, I, I, I haven't done this before. I'll admit that I'm not comfortable doing this. Not as comfortable as I normally am when I'm sharing something with you. Uh, because this is going to uh, expose a part of my past that I'm not proud of. Uh, but I have to share this with you so you can get a better understanding of me and why I know and how I know that uh, if you make the effort that you can become a better person, a better version of yourself. Um, and that's important. It's way more important than me uh, not sharing this with you. So with that, I'm going to um, open up in ways in this episode that I've never done before. Okay? So let's get it started, right? Uh, nobody that I know of wants to be known as someone that lies, a liar. The truth is, uh, I used to be a liar. I would lie about anything. Uh, if I found myself in a situation or an event that was going on, for example, I give you, um, I could be in a crowd of people talking and the other person is sharing something about themselves and everybody starts to laugh and enjoy the story. My mind, my neurosis uh, would um, interpret that as rejection. And I would, I would try to tell a lie, a story that would end, that would be a lie that was way more fascinating than the person that would be telling the story uh, that got everybody laughing. Uh, I could be in a situation where um, somebody could ask me a question about something. I have no idea what the answer is, but for some odd reason, my anxiety, again, that neurosis, my anxieties would kick in and I would lie, just make it up. Not concerned if they knew that I was lying or not, but I would make it up. Um, and that, for me, became a coping mechanism that I used throughout my life. And it affected every aspect of my life. My relationships with friends, family, my girlfriend, uh, anybody that came in contact with me, uh, unaware of what I was going through on the inside, would be subject to me just making something up to calm, to ease my anxiety. And it's almost numbing that feeling that you get when you're suffering an anxiety attack. But what's even worse than that is that I've come to realize that for the vast majority of my life, I never allow people to get to know Joe, who I really, really am. And that's the tragedy. And as a result of that, uh, I ended up committing the crimes that I committed. 
and I'm not blaming anybody for that but me. But like I say, uh, and, and I'm sure right now some of you are wondering, well, why in the world would he be telling us that uh, he used to be a liar? Well, like I just said, um, it's because being a liar contributed to, led to me becoming a murderer. Now, I don't want you to get it twisted. Uh, I'm not saying that if you're a liar, you'll become a murderer like I did. But what I am saying is that being a liar blinded me to the humanity in other people. It restricted me from seeing other people in a way that I was craving to be seen. It's a whole twisted dynamic how this thing works. And I think that a lot of people, if you're honest, are going to be able to resonate with this. Uh, they may not have heard anybody put it in words like I'm putting it, but when anxiety attacks hit you and you don't know what it is and you learn that by saying or doing certain things, that anxiety, that, that feeling that you get, it goes away or it goes down, that becomes your drug. That becomes your medication. And lying became my medication. And it didn't help me through situations, but it did calm my anxiety. And the reason I say it didn't help me through situations because it made my life worse. And it made the lives of other people worse. People that I love and care about. Truly love and care about. I lied to them because I couldn't cope with what was going on with me. I didn't know at that time what it was. I do now. And there is a level of shame that is still attached to that. Uh, and I'm going to explain that throughout this episode and get more detailed into talking about how I discovered it. Uh, I'm going to share a story with you that is true, you know. And um, I hope that you get a better understanding of what it is that for years in my life caused me to be the type of person that I didn't want to be, never will be again. But it's true, it happened. And I think a lot of people, if you're honest, experience the same things that I have. Um, so sit back and uh, listen, and I hope that you learn something. Because this is something that I think a lot of people uh, experience as well. When, um, when I embarked on my journey of becoming a better human being, a better version of myself, I had to um, take inventory of who I really was. And that wasn't easy. I had to ask myself a lot of the hard questions, and I'm sure a lot of you have been through the same thing, trying to understand who you are and why you do what you do. And in doing so, I discovered that... Uh, I was a liar. I was somebody that wanted to be trusted but couldn't be trusted. Not because I was a bad person, 
That's what I want you to understand. The distinction between uh, being a bad person and somebody that was suffering from a neurosis uh, that caused them to respond in this way that, that I'm talking about, uh, that doesn't make you a bad person. I um, not only learned that uh, I was a liar, I learned why I was a liar. And like I said, uh, the neurosis, the, 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 the issues that I was suffering from caused me in the most unlikely of circumstances to suffer anxiety attacks. They were minor, but they were frequent. And I never had the opportunity to really fully address them in a way that um, I could deal with it and not, without lying. Nobody told me anything about it. For years, I thought that, um, I knew it was a hole in my heart because of the death of my mother. And don't get me wrong, I'm not using that as an excuse, but I knew it was a hole in my heart because of the death of my mother. Um, because I thought my mother died from cancer, but it turns out that my mother was murdered. But regardless of the circumstances around her death, she was gone. And to me, no matter what the reason was, I was hurting. And my mind in trying to protect me from that hurt, uh, a lot of things happened that I don't understand uh, to this day to my mind that caused me to develop a coping mechanism that was in the long run even more detrimental to my mental health because of the way it affected every aspect of my life. Like I said, my friendships, my relationships uh, with people outside of my family, all of those types of things. I was a good person. I know that I was. I care about people. Uh, I would do things for people without them asking. I would help people in ways that other people may or may not. Uh, I know that I'm a good person. But certain situations would pop up, uh, and I would just lie for no reason. And that is what made me uh, somebody that I look back on now and truly ashamed to be. Truly ashamed to be. But I don't do that anymore. But what I did learn in the process is a way that I could deal with it. I learned how to uh, re-narrate what was happening to me. And in doing that, unbeknownst to me, I developed a method that works for me. And I'm going to share that with you later on because you may be suffering the same thing. And don't get it twisted. You don't have to be a liar to benefit from this. You can be somebody that's exhibiting some type of negative behavior, uh, having relationship problems, things like that. And uh, this method will still help you to deal with that. Because if what you're going through causes you to feel some type of anxiety, depression, sadness, or anything like that, and as a result of that, you act out in certain ways, uh, this method can help you. Trust me, and I say that because it has helped me. I don't lie anymore. Does that mean I don't um, 
still suffer from anxiety attacks? No, I still do. But when I do suffer from those anxiety attacks, I do certain things that reduce that anxiety, that feeling that I get from it, that are not negative. I don't lie. I don't mislead. I don't deceive people. And that makes me feel great. And my anxieties go down. If I would have known then what I know now, I'm almost certain that uh, my life would have gone in a different direction. But it's not too late for you if you're out there and you suffer from some of the things that I suffered from. And if you're incarcerated or you got a loved one that is incarcerated, it's not too late for them either. Because if you learn these things that I'm talking about and implement these things into your life, you're going to be better off. I'm, I'm guaranteeing that. I'm guaranteeing that. Because I am. It has helped me to become the person that I am, to achieve the things that I've achieved during my incarceration. Now, let me share this story with you, right? You know, <laughs> it's kind of funny, but it's sad. Because one day, I was at work, and um, at this time, I was a clerk. And, and, a, and a clerk in here, you do paperwork type memos and stuff like that for your supervisor and, you know, whatever administrative duties that they assign you, you do that. Copy papers and stuff like that. So I was doing that, and um, my supervisor came in, and I don't know what was going on, uh, and asked me, did I get this report done that he had needed uh, to turn in to uh, his supervisor? He had given me the report, you know, all the information to type. He had handwritten it, and I, all I had to do was type it, right? Um, I didn't do it because he told me that he didn't need it until later on. So I had scheduled all his other stuff to, to do first, and then I was going to get to that. But I didn't do it. And he was like, I need that report, uh, Baker, bring that to me. I said, uh, okay. I said, uh, i get it to you. Give me about five more minutes. He said, okay. I'll be right back. He said, uh, make me X amount of copies of it, this, this, and that. I said, all right, I already got you done, man. I'm just getting some other stuff straight, right? I hadn't even started to type on it. I hadn't even started to type on it. And when I pulled it out, you know, keep in mind, I type fast. But when I pulled it out, it was like four pages, you know what I'm saying, front and back. But he writes kind of big, so I, I mean, I'm good. So <laughs> when he left, when he left, I started typing as fast as I could. Started typing as fast as I could. And he came back before I finished. So what I did, I got up and I said, let me get these copies. I didn't have anything to copy. I got blank sheets of paper in my hand, right? Because I still got the stuff in the typewriter. We had typewriters back then, y'all. And uh, he trusted me. He didn't even look. So I put them in the copy machine, but I kept punching the wrong buttons. So the copies wouldn't work. You know what I'm saying? It wouldn't work right. And I'm like, dang, what's wrong with this copy machine? I said, it won't copy nothing. It won't copy nothing. Then he said, well, go up to the other unit. Go to Unit 5 and copy it for me. 
and then bring it back to me. I said, I got you. So I ran back in the little office that I had, got the stuff out, ran up to Unit 5 as fast as I could. I'm sweating bullets, y'all. I'm sweating bullets because I just lied to this man and tricked him into believing that I had this report done, but I didn't. Now I got it in my hand. I'm running up to Unit 5. My plan is to get to Unit 5. This is another prison. To get to Unit 5. Once I get in Unit 5, I'm going to go into the clerk's office up there and I'm going to type this up, right? And that's what I did. I typed it up. I got it finished. It took me about 20 minutes. He had already called up there twice. So I told this officer that I was cool with to tell him that I'm on my way. I'm on my way. And every time that he called, I had this other officer lying for me, right? So I got it done, I got it copied, and I took it back. When I got back down there, he said, what's the problem? What's going on? I lied again. I lied again. I told him that you couldn't get out. I don't know the officer in the control booth wouldn't open the door. A lie. A lie. Now, I did all of that because the anxiety that I felt from the situation, I needed to do something to mitigate that. And in my mind, that was mitigating it, but making it worse. It would only last for so long. It's kind of like, and I hate to use this analogy, but it's kind of like somebody that's using drugs, a drug that doesn't last long, and you got to keep you doing it over and over and over, you know what I'm saying, just to get that high. That's what I was doing. The lie in that moment, take the anxiety down, comes right back. Lie again, take it down, come right back. Lie again, take it down, it comes right back. And that's what I did until I was able to finish it. And when I finished and handed him the report and all this and that, when he had left, and I'm sitting back in the office in the other building that I actually work in, I looked at myself, and this was back in the day, I looked at myself and my shirt was soaking wet. My armpits were soaking wet from the sweating that I had done trying to get all of that stuff done for him. But it was more so from the lying. The physical reaction that my body went through telling all of those lies, it showed in my clothing. It showed on my face. My palms were sweaty. And after he left, it was almost like I was coming down off the drugs. And I would get tired. All of that effort in lying drained me physically and emotionally, right? And I did that for years, y'all. Whatever the situation was, if I found myself feeling a certain way, feeling anxious, feeling depressed, feeling sad, afraid, uh, rejected, I would lie to mitigate the situation. Then it would come back and I would lie again. And it was constant, it was constant, it was constant. Until one day, about, mm, I'm gonna say maybe 18 years ago, something like that, I started to question myself. I started to question myself. I was doing all of these other things. I had written my first book uh, at this time, um, uh, I was in a good relationship with somebody that I 
truly, truly loved and cared about. Uh, but I would still, from time to time, lie about things that I didn't have to lie about. I didn't have to lie about. And then one day, I found myself in a situation that um, I had to ask myself, did I want to continue to live like this? And that pivotal moment for me was, um, and this is hard to share, but I got to keep it 100. That pivotal moment for me was when I had a phone back in the day and I was talking to one of my homegirls. It wasn't sexual. It wasn't anything like that. But unbeknownst to me, my girlfriend, in her uh, own way, was trying to keep tabs on me. And somehow or another, she had put this device on the phone that she had gotten from me. Well, I had gotten from myself, but she had opened up the account for me. And she put this, this app on it that whatever text messages or whatever that I sent to anybody, it would go to her as well. So I'm texting one of the homegirls and saying some things to her. I'm not trying to get no tail. I'm not trying to come up with her. I'm not trying to do any of that. Me and her grew up together. We were just cool like that. And that's just the real. So my girl, this particular night, because I had told her I was going to sleep, but I didn't. She calls after I had sent a couple of text messages that sounded risque, let's say, to her. And when she called me, she's crying. I mean crying. And she said, I'm talking about that deep gurgling cry that it's, you know is coming from the gut and the heart. She said, what did I do to you? She was asking me, why was she not enough for me? And I'm telling y'all, it hurt me so bad. It was unlike anything I had ever experienced in my life. And I think that the reason that happened is because before that, I had started to question what was going on with me. And the universe, in its way, was going to answer that for me, even if it caused me pain. Because I had to know what my lies were doing to other people. I had to experience that myself. And as she's crying, I tried to get defensive and throw it back on her, make it seem like, what you doing uh, putting apps on the phone and this, 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 and that? Because the app ended up on the phone, right? I, I, I turned on the phone one day, and it was this thing on it saying, press yes to accept this, press no to decline it, or whatever the case may be. So I called her. I didn't know what it was. And she told me, well, just hit yes, and it'll go away. Well, unbeknownst to me, I had hit yes and, and, and had installed this app on the phone. That's what she wanted me to do. So I tried to blame it all on her. You shouldn't have been doing this. You shouldn't have been doing that. I'm trying to make her feel good because I'm trying to push her away from this issue. 
I'm lying, being defensive, like we do. But the truth of the matter was, I wasn't cheating trying to come up with another girlfriend or get some sex. You know, it wasn't nothing like that. I was talking to the homegirl. Should have said, shouldn't have said some of the things that I said probably. Pretty sure of that. Because it made the person that I love feel some kind of way. And it hurt her so bad. And when she was talking to me, I felt that. It was like somebody was squeezing. They had taken their hand and put it around my heart and was squeezing the life out of me. And that was that pivotal moment for me. That was it. I said, I need to know what's going on with me so that I never, ever cause her or anybody else this type of pain again. And that's what set me on this course of discovery about me. The pain that I had caused her set me on this course. And ever since then, I've been honest. Um, I tell the truth. But this process that I've developed, and I'm going to be putting a book together about this too uh, sometime later on this year. It's going to be a journal type of book. But this process that I put together to help me uh, deal with this and other issues that I have in my life, is the key to me being the honest person that I am today. And what, let me, let me tell you the process. It's a six step process that I use, uh, depending on what it is. Whatever the event is, whatever the circumstances is or the situation, that's step number one. I define it for what it is. Whatever's going on, I define it. I write it down, I write the whole thing down. You know what I'm saying? Because there's something about me writing it down that helps me look at it and it becomes realer, if that's a word, than just me knowing about it and running it back and forth in my mind. I got to write it down so I can look at it and see. And I don't hold anything back, details, anything. I look at it. And then I go over and I ask myself, how did this issue, this situation make me feel? Physically? And emotionally. Like I was telling you, physically, you know what I'm saying, when I was lying to my supervisor about the memo that I didn't type, after it was over and I was sitting in the chair, I was like drenched with sweat. My body was responding in a physical way to the stress that I put on it. Right? And it, it did I did the same thing when I was in that conversation with my girlfriend. My heart was beating so fast it almost jumped out of my chest because I was so afraid. I was so afraid that I was going to lose her. I was so afraid that I tried to turn it back on her and was trying to make her out to be the bad guy instead of me. As opposed to just own up to it and say, yes, I was talking to my homegirl. I know I wasn't trying to do anything slick. Just say that, but I got defensive. I got defensive. Because the truth of the matter is that I had a girlfriend. I shouldn't have been talking to nobody else anyway. Period. That's just fact. This is what it is. Unless I talked to her about that first. I said, look, you know, my homegirl, you know, blah, 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 this is that. She likes to talk to me from time to time. Is that okay with you? 
Why didn't I do that? Why did I hide that from her? See what I'm saying? I should have been open from the get-go. Let her know that. Let her have some say in it because this relationship that I have with my homegirl, that was, she was just a friend of mine, it was going to impact my relationship with my girlfriend. I should have been able to see that, foresee that. And I should have talked to her about that before I even, you know, talked to her. You know what I mean? And then that third step that I get into is what is my response to how I feel physically and emotionally? What is my response? What do I do? And then I've, I learned, you know, again, like I said, when I come out with my book, I'm going to give you more details about things that I do, but one of the things that I do, especially when I'm feeling some kind of way physically, I start to control my breathing, taking deep breath, control my breathing to bring my heart rate down, to bring my blood pressure down. Emotionally, I try to focus and I re-narrate what's going on with the event, you know what I mean? And then after I do all that, I ask myself, how does this response make me feel physically and emotionally. Is, is this working? If it's not working, I do something else. And like I said, I get into that in detail another time. And then I ask myself that pivotal question. How did what I do, the lie that I told, how did it affect the person that I lied to? Why is that so important? If you don't understand how your behavior affects someone else. Trust me in this. You won't be able to connect in this situation, in those situations, to the humanity that both of you share. You won't get it. You have to understand how that makes that person feel and get out in front of that and understand that there's some things that you need to do to rectify that problem. And that's the final step. You know, what are you going to do to, as best you can, correct that problem? Are you going to apologize? Are you going to commit to not doing that anymore? Uh, or what? Those are the things I do every day, all day, in numerous situations when I feel anxious. And it, it has become so commonplace for me, so quick in the response, that it's almost like second nature to me now. I run those six things down real fast when I'm dealing with somebody that I know is lying to me. And that's another thing, y'all. When I know somebody is lying to me, because of these changes that I've made in my life, I don't push them. Why? Because what I've learned when I was that person that told those lies, right? The reason I told those lies is why? Because my anxiety went up, my depression went up, my sadness went up. Whatever it was, I started to suffer some issue, right? And in suffering that, I realized, wait a minute, if somebody's lying to me, me making the situation worse is only going to do what for them? 
increase that anxiousness, that anxiety, that depression, or that sadness. So I try to bring it down. I try to bring it down. That is probably one of the most important things that I've learned out of this whole process of becoming a better version of myself. How to deal with other people. Even if I know somebody is lying to me or has lied to me, I do everything that I can to look past that lie and look at the humanity in that person and say, okay, there's a reason that this person believes that lying to me is the best option for them. And what I've come up with is this. It's more important for me to help that person understand one, that they don't have to lie to me. But me saying you don't have to lie to me is not going to stop that person from lying to me or other people. I'm trying to help that person understand that you're lying to me because of A, B, and C. Right? But I do it in a way where I don't use that language. I don't say you're lying to me or anything like that. I'm like, okay, I hear what you're saying. But let me ask you a question. I ask the type of questions that are going to pierce at that, that lie. It's going to knock that down. And again, I'll be sharing that in my journal that you'll be able to experience for yourself sometime later this year. But the most important thing that I want you to get out of this whole episode is that being able to connect with another human being starts on the level of being honest with that other person and them being honest with you. But if they're not being honest with you, understand that there's a reason why. I'm not saying that that's a justification or an excuse. I'm talking about uh, a mental issue is related to it, a neurosis that explains this particular uh, behavior is the reason why. Try to understand that more than being offended by the lie. Because if you can understand that more than be of being offended by the lie, eventually that person will connect with you in a way that they will trust that you are going to treat that anxiety that they feel in the right way and then they will be honest with you. That is the most important thing that I've learned. I've learned how to deal with other people even if they're lying to me because I, I, I focus on why they might be lying and it's a whole lot of different reasons why. I don't go down the checklist of those but I say to myself, okay, this is, they feel this is the best option for them. So I'm not going to allow myself to be offended by this. Because they are experiencing anxiety, depression, fear, sadness, or whatever. And I focus on that. And I apply grace to that situation. And I say, I understand. I understand. Now they know that they're lying. They don't need me to tell them that. They don't need me to remind them that they are being untrustworthy now. They don't need me to remind them that they are depriving me of connecting to them and them connecting to me on a level that we can become friends, that I can get to know that person in a way that they may not have been able to let anybody know them. I don't need to remind them of any of that. They've been suffering with that for God knows how long because I suffered with it for decades. So they don't need you throwing that in their face. What they need is understanding. That's what we need when we go through things like that. And that's what I have learned out of the whole aspect of becoming an honest person. 
the whole process of the dehumanization of lying to somebody else. But the problem behind that is that there's a reason that nobody's addressing. And that's what I've learned. I've learned to address that in a way that helps me. And I want to share that with everybody out there that may be experiencing the same thing. It's not an excuse. It's what it is. But if you're honest, ask yourself. Just ask yourself. When you're in a situation and you've lied to somebody, ask yourself, be curious about it. Like I said in other episodes, be curious about why am I telling this man or this woman this lie? What is it that makes me feel like I need to lie right now in this situation? Are you afraid of something? Do you think you're going to lose your job? Do you think you're going to lose the relationship? What is it? Do you feel like you're being rejected? What is it? Identify that. Be curious about that. And when you do that, you're going to learn way more about yourself than you could ever imagine. And it's going to allow you to see people. It, it, it takes me back to this scene in Avatar. You ever seen Avatar, the movie? Well, it's a scene in there where the two people... The two avatars, you know, the one from the uh, outside world that's in the body of the avatar and then the girl that he's with. At some point in the movie, they say to each other, I see you. I see you. This whole process has allowed me to see people in a light that I was not able to see for many, many, many years of my life. And it allows me to see myself in a different way. So I invite you to, if you are working on yourself, to try what I'm talking about in this episode. Because a lot of the behavior that lands us in prison, a lot of the behaviors that causes us to constantly and consistently be in and out of bad relationships to lose jobs to lose the respect of our kids to lose the respect of our peers is lying but have you ever asked yourself why you do the lying don't be ashamed to challenge yourself on that you don't have to tell the world that you're lying but examine it. And when you get strong enough, like I am, you can come out and you can share your testimony about how you overcame being a liar. That's real talk. And I hope that you receive what I'm saying. I hope that you work on yourself in a way to where you don't end up in here. Especially those young people out there that may be listening to this. And if you have kids, if you're listening to this episode and you have kids, let them listen. Well, first of all, you need to listen to it multiple times before you let them listen so that you can explain what it is that I'm saying. Listen to it yourself multiple times so you can explain because if kids have a question, you need to be able to answer that question for them. And if you can't answer it for them, hit me up. Leave it, something in my comment section, and, and when my family tells me, then I'll give them the answer, and they'll hit you back. You'll get an answer from me. But you need to talk to your kids about this, because we know kids lie. 
But do we ever ask the question, why are we say is, I raised you better than this and you know better? But have you ever asked yourself the question that, what has my child experienced that is making him or her believe that this is helpful? I bet you haven't. I bet you haven't. And if you have, kudos to you. But if you haven't, come on, y'all. Let's get to it. We need to work on that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? But look, I'm babbling now. Don't stop. Y'all know how I get sometimes. Right in my mouth. Don't know when to stop. But we're going to wrap this thing up. And I appreciate you listening. Share this episode with your friends. Yeah, Joe Baker. Yeah, I used to be a liar. I'm sure that's going to be a big surprise to some people, huh? <laughs> that's sarcasm, y'all. <laughs> but anyway, this has been another episode of Doing Time with Joe. I'm your host, Joe Baker. And I say peace, y'all.